Welcome to her Extraordinary Life by Design, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I'm your host, Leslie Gaudet, self-care coach for women who are ready to make self-care a priority to support them in life and business. Every week, I'll be speaking with inspiring women from various walks of life who will share their personal journeys and will discover how they have fearlessly carved their own paths as business owners, passionately pursuing their dreams, and creating a meaningful impact on their communities. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and I'm really super excited to be speaking with my next guest, who is here today to help me start a new and wonderful health and wellness series for this month of February. Today, we're talking with Bonnie Wildeson heiss Bonnie is your trusted holistic nutritionist and herbalist with degrees in complementary and alternative medicine and health, boasting an impressive 20 years of experience in empowering women on their journey to wellness. With a deep understanding of the unique challenges women face, Bonnie has been a beacon of hope for those dealing with autoimmune dysfunction, bloating, exhaustion, chronic stress, food reactions, and other symptoms linked to gut imbalance. Having personally conquered her own health hurdles, including shedding a 100 pounds and navigating food intolerances and allergies, she's not just an expert, she's a compassionate guide who's walked the path herself. I'm really happy that Bonnie has carved out time to join us today, and I feel like we've got a lot of great things to unpack with everything that she does and the impact she's making on the world around her. So let's get started. Welcome, Bonnie. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I always love talking with you. So this is an honor. Thank you. Yeah, me too. So we know the businesswoman. We've, we've talked about that in your bio, but if you could give us a little bit more insight into the woman, like the personal side of your life story without going too deep into the business side, because we're going to cover that in a bit. And then we'll talk more about what you do in the health and wellness space. Sure. Personally, I am very creative. So if there's anything artistic, painting, I have actually sold paintings in the past, not <laughs> not because I actually intended to, just people saw them and, and would, would buy them. But I love creativity. I love anything that would allow me to paint or draw, not necessarily anything specific, just feelings more than anything else. And I'm very into living this life the way that I want to live it with as much joy and energy as absolutely possible. I've had multiple incidents in my life where they could have gone one of two different ways, meaning I'd either be here the way that I am today, or I would have been gone and in a grave. And what those taught me is that you have one life to live. And if I can't enjoy it and do the things that I love and I want to do, then what am I doing with it with my time? And after after many years of trying, we now have twin boys who are three and a half. So now it's about basically creating travel partners for myself (laughs) and sharing the world that I know, the interesting, fascinating world around us with them. I love meeting new people. I love exploring and having adventures. Yeah. Um, And I love that about your story. And one of the things that we have like that common thread where, you know, the reason why I am here today is because I woke up and recognized that if things didn't change in my life, that I might not be here a year from 
that time when I was thinking that way. And it's a really scary place to be. Like when you're thinking like, oh, if I don't make changes, I actually might not be alive in a year from now. And I know I was at the time 54. And I thought, that's just crazy. Why wouldn't I at least give myself that fighting chance? But what does that look like? And I really had to take time to reflect on the things I was doing with my life. And I love the fact that you were talking about the same thing, you know, that you have family. So how do you create that lifestyle that mommy's going to be around healthy and happy for her children and showing them what health can look like for them if they are intentional. So I really love that you're sharing that. We're going to talk a little bit more too about what you're doing, because I think that's so important. I feel like you're in a space that's really important to discuss, especially around wellness. I know a lot of people in my family, a lot of the go-to, I guess, remedies are prescriptions. And so I like what you're doing is a different approach. So I want to get into that. What inspired you to become a holistic nutritionist and herbalist specializing in women's health? Honestly, my clients. I started out a trainer. I come from a family of coaches, baseball, basketball. My uncle's in the minor league, the hall of fame for minor league as a coach and as a player. And it's kind of the family business to be a coach. So when you're younger, you know, my sister and I like to say that we started working a lot earlier than anybody else, meaning like eight or nine years old, because my dad would put us to work on special teams. And I started training because I realized that you could actually become a trainer and help people and make a living. So I became a trainer and ultimately ended up with client after client after client who had a significant amount of food sensitivities, intolerances, autoimmune dysfunctions, and symptoms of those. I didn't recognize at the time those were associated with sensitivities and intolerances or that there was anything called an autoimmune disorder. I had no idea what that was. And over the years, I learned more and more. And in trying to help my clients, I obsessively research everything. <laughs> and in trying to help them, I would obsessively research everything and anything I possibly could find just to try and help them beyond just the working out piece. And that is what led me to herbal medicine. And having a boss who was a Reiki master led me into this holistic health field. And I would say I started studying holistic nutrition and herbal medicine right about the same time I started my degree in 2014. The first classes I got put into was herbal medicine and aromatherapy. And the very first week we made supplements out of ground up plants. And I was hooked. I was done. I, I didn't realize the rest of what I would be learning, the chemistry classes, the biochemical reactions that we would have to learn related to the body, the amount of chemistry classes I had to take, did not realize all of that. But the minute that we were able to do something that seemed so unfathomable, that would truly help a number of my clients, one of my first clients, and you know, she still comes back here and there when life throws her curveballs, she could only eat seven foods. Anything else she ate made her sick. So she was limited to what she could prep at home. And that also meant that a lot of supplements were out. And to learn how to make your own and learn how to actually create powder from the food that we eat 
at the time was really fascinating to me. I didn't know that that was even possible. I thought you needed to be a scientist and you needed to have a lab. And that was really what did me in, so to speak. That was the catalyst. That was when I was all in and I am continuing to learn. I've never stopped learning about herbal medicine because there's always something more to learn. There are millions of plant species in the world. And just within the first, I would say, six months of my college degree, I was able to actually go back and help a lot of those clients who were still struggling. So I would say what brought me in initially was what the universe was giving me. I wasn't attracting clients that had what I consider pretty common issues. You know, it's menopause, but not really any other ailments. There's no diabetes, hypoglycemia or anything like that. It's just menopause or you're just struggling with weight loss and you don't have a number of the other symptoms, you know, fairly common predicaments. What I was getting was here's your four or five page list of issues, go fix them. And nobody was being told how to fix them. And here I am today. That is truly the catalyst. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, while it's getting better, people are still going to doctor's offices for ailments that are keeping them sick for years, for months, long durations of time without any sort of resolution or help in any way. They're giving lab results and sent out the door to go fix them, but not told what to do. Besides, here's your pill for this symptom. And because this creates this, here's your other pill. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. And so I love the fact that your approach is let's look at it from a different perspective of let's look at not just the the band-aid, but let's look at the underlying issues. And I like that. So from your expertise, what have, do you think are some of the biggest, but maybe often overlooked factors impacting gut health and autoimmune issues? A lot of the issues are stemming from our food system. And the things that the way that we've been told to eat today versus the way that we used to eat before all the fast food, before all the conglomerates, before the convenience factor came in. When we go back to the basics, there was a lot of things that happened that helped the world at the time. But today we're facing those repercussions. And mass marketing has been one of the major culprits. We're told all these various ways our eating are the exact way versus we all eat and need certain things. We all need certain things that each and every one of us need. But some of us need more of this or more of that because of lifestyle, because of genetics, because of whatever we want to achieve in our life. You know, athletes are going to need more protein. They're going to need more of a boost. They're going to need more carbohydrates if they're long distance runners or extreme athletes. When you go to compete, you have to carve up, but that doesn't mean you and I are going to carve up on Friday for our normal Saturday. And rather than being told the story that we all have to eat the way that our bodies tell us to, the way that our bodies actually need, not the way that Jane's body down the street or Susan over here needs to eat. What we're told is here's your triangle or here's your plate. And they're trying to keep it easy and simple. And health is easy and it is simple, but it doesn't mean that we each follow this one path. There's a reason there's so many (laughs) number one best-selling diet books. 
Yeah, I know that there's books out there. I know there's one book in particular about eating for your blood type. Is this something that you have read? And what do you think about that book? I have read it. And I will tell you, I don't know where they're getting the people that that agree with it, because every person that I've known that has done that, and I mean, 20 years is a long time. There's a lot of people who've done the blood type diet and Atkins, and the other one is the zone. Those three are pretty popular among the people that I work with. Of the people who've used the blood type diet, everybody's been the opposite of what it says they're supposed to eat like. Okay. Complete opposite. I have one person, I believe it's O, and I'm not sure if that's correct. It's been a while since I read it, where she's supposed to digest proteins, animal proteins, really well. And the exact opposite is the case. She doesn't digest them well. They actually make her very sick and she has to eat 80 to 90% plant-based. Otherwise her body attempts to shut down. So I think there are people out there that that helps, but I think with anything, there's, we have so many different groups of people, you know, there is somebody that eats like you in this world, just like we have doppelgangers. There's somebody else in the world that has to eat the way that you do, but it may not be your next door neighbor or even the people you live in the same house with. Yeah. And I'm also curious too, that it it could even be because of the way our food is produced today, as opposed to when, well, when I was growing up, we didn't really have that fast food. You know, we didn't have McDonald's. I think we had red barn, but that was like a treat. That was a, maybe a once a month thing. It wasn't an everyday go-to staple for our family. We didn't eat canned veggies. It was always fresh. So I think there's a real big difference in how people from when I was growing up to how we look at food today, how fast and easy it is to get access to cooked food, if it's good for you or not. And because we're so busy and we're allowing ourselves to have I don't know if I would say the excuse, but having that as the go-to for convenience so that we don't have to take that time, I I guess, to cook a healthy meal could be the the one thing that's the the culprit, like you were saying, how people have different dietary issues because of the way our food is treated, because of all of the ability to get access to these fast food, the fast food that is out there. And what's put into that and the preservatives for the food that's sitting on our shelves to make them last longer. So there is a big difference in how food is being produced today than before. And that's why you're seeing so many different, I I would say, allergies for, for food, food allergies today, maybe more so than like maybe 100 years ago, even 50 years ago. So it's quite, it's fascinating to me, but, you know, I don't know enough about it, but It is fascinating to me. Yeah. There's also the fact that the food that you and I ate when we were younger, that is actually made differently today. The ingredients are different. The first example I can think of off the top of my head, my mom is obsessed with making sure her grandkids eat SpaghettiOs. And I refuse to give the boys any of the canned goods. And the only thing that convinced her was me showing her an old label versus the new label. The ingredients in the old products came from Whole Foods because science hadn't caught up yet. And now science has gotten involved in our food system. So a lot of that food too, while it was convenient and it was just a treat, 
it was actually a lot healthier than the same exact product today. And it didn't happen overnight. It was very slow. You know, a lot of people say that and they expect, well, that happened overnight. It's been 20, 30 years. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. That's incredible. So getting back to the, and this is a question I wanted to ask because in my home, my husband, so he has nurse a nursing background. And one of the things that he has done, he's not the only one, but people that I know uh, out of some of the people that I know have, I guess, diagnosed themselves. So when it comes to the autoimmune or gut health or managing autoimmune, autoimmune issues, what have you seen are some common missteps that people are making when they're trying to improve upon it? They're trying to create a diagnosis or find a self-diagnosis rather than looking at the collective of what's happening and taking a realistic look at what they're really doing. And it's very hard to do that as humans without actually writing things down and documenting it so you can look at it, you can look back on it, whether it's in writing, whether it's a video, audio, whatever the case may be, pictures. Our brain likes to lie to us. It likes to tell us the picture that it wants us to see. It's subconscious. Our subconscious is trying to protect us. It's trying to keep us safe. It's not anything that you're going to get away from. And in looking at symptoms, when the pain is gone and you're having a good day and you look back on it, you're not going to tell yourself exactly what's happening. And a lot of times when people are self-diagnosing or they're trying to get things answered at doctor's offices and testing if it's reached that point, a lot of the blockage and the obstacles are just that they're not being realistic with themselves. And some You can't, unless you're documenting it, you can't. So one of the first things I always tell people is if you're having issues and you think, even if you don't know, but if you think it's something diabetes, autoimmune, whatever you want to say. is a pretty common one I hear is I have people who will come to me and say, I have leaky gut. It's like, okay, well, why do you think you have leaky gut? Because they listen to something and it listed all the symptoms and they have all those symptoms. And nine times out of 10, they don't have leaky gut. <laughs> it's definitely one of those words that's being thrown around left and right. When you want to figure out what's happening, what's really truly happening so that you can identify it and just look at resolving the issues. You don't need a diagnosis to fix your body. You don't need a diagnosis to heal your body. You just need to know what the symptoms are so that you can look at it as a collective and try to identify what you are doing so that you can start putting into place things that will help you, that will support you in healing and resolving the symptoms that you're experiencing. And along the way, generally, you figure out what it actually was. And that's typically where diagnosis happens is not when you're in the throes of it, but as you are healing. So I always start everybody with a log of some sort. I had one person go and buy one of those really tall stacks of Post-its. I think you get them at like Costco or something, but it's just this mega stack. And she would just write down what she ate, her symptoms, and put times and dates on each one of the post-its. And I got this box in the mail, one of the post office boxes in the mail. And it was all the post-its put together. Because one of the things I had offered her as one of my clients is send them to me. I will map it out. I will tell you what I see. And I got a big box of post-its and I used one of my walls and I basically just tacked it up like it was a calendar. 
you have to do what's easiest for you. If that means taking audio notes in your phone, if it means taking notes in your phone, period, creating pictures, texting somebody. If you need to, I will give them my cell phone. You can text me all your stuff. We'll figure it out. But it needs to be somewhere so that you can give yourself a good three to five days and then look back on it with a much more open perspective. So your conscious and your subconscious are not in a place where they can protect you. It's hard to argue with black and white. And I think too, with that process, it also has the in the moment, documenting it in the moment, not a few days later, because it can be really super easy as time passes to really kind of have the lines get fuzzy. So I think it's really important to have in the moment, like this is what I'm eating, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I'm eating, this is how I'm feeling in the moment. Because that way, when they look back, they're like, oh, there's the proof. Because as an example for myself, I know there's times when I've eaten things and I'll say, oh, that didn't make me feel so good. I'm not going to have it again. But I didn't document it and I had it again. And I had the same feeling and I'd be like, oh, I know that this makes me feel this way. Why am I doing this to myself? And it's just because if it's out of sight, out of mind, you forget about it. And there's no proof there staring you in the face saying, hey, before you go down that road, remember when you had this, this is how it made you feel. So I've become a little bit more aware around that. And I think it's important, you know, our food, especially of how it is, it's changed with the way that they are mass producing things. And it's because we have a lot of human beings on this planet. The more people we have, we got to feed them somehow, but at what cost? So it's really being really, I guess, aware of that. So I really appreciate that. One of the things too, is because you were talking about that is what are some simple diet or lifestyle changes that our listeners, if this is something that's really sparking interest to them, they're getting curious around it. Maybe this is something that they are experiencing. How what they could they do to implement right away these simple changes to start improving their energy levels and maybe even reducing inflammation if they're experiencing that? There's a couple of things that I love recommending. First is to have lemon ginger water first thing in the morning, or at least anything that is water based, no caffeine. Hold off on the coffee until you've had breakfast. Even if you are in intermittent fasting and that is your preference, hold off on the coffee until you've had food in your belly. There's something with actual cocoa beans, the cacao beans, that interacts negatively with your gut. If you're already experiencing symptoms, it can trigger more issues. So if you are dealing with issues, just hold off on the coffee until you get something into your stomach. And then the second thing is to add half a cup of vegetables to each meal, not necessarily snacks, but to each meal. If you're not already eating vegetables or if your diet is highly processed, it helps turn on certain things in your subconscious without you doing more than just having a little bit of vegetable. Doesn't matter which ones they are. When you're first starting to eat vegetable, just eat some vegetables. And ultimately over time, your brain starts liking these new micronutrients and it's because it connects to your innate instincts and you'll start craving them. So it helps you help you. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, that whole craving process, if you're eating junk food and you keep doing that, 
that's what you're going to crave. If you start eating healthy, I've noticed when I eat really healthy, I'm craving those healthy snacks. Like I won't reach for anything that's not, I'm I'm actually looking for my fruit or I'm looking for my salad. I'm looking for my veggies. That's what I'm looking for. So I know there's that brain connection to it, but again, because we live in a world where everything is so fast and we're busy is finding that time to be intentional about our health now, because you and I both know we both had symptoms of feeling like if we didn't make changes in our lives, that we weren't going to be around much longer to talk about it. And I knew part of mine was stress related and stress is such a huge component to to doctor visits, but, and there's also all the underlying other issues that go with stress. But I knew that if I didn't make those changes of, you know, which was my time, how I was spending my time and feeling like I was stressed all the time and not having quality of life, if I didn't change that, I wasn't going to be here. And for you, the same thing, like you realize that if I don't change, I'm not going to be here. And I mean, you would have missed out on this beautiful family that you have. So I think it's really important that we people start to to at least start paying attention to their lifestyle choices, because whatever you're doing, that is a lifestyle choice, whether you eat healthy or you don't, that's a lifestyle choice. It's not, uh, oh, it's easy to get, it's, it's accessible, I'm busy. No, it's a lifestyle choice. If you chose that in the time that, you know what, I'm going to take Sunday afternoon to bulk create all my snacks and bags, and then that is a lifestyle choice. Or you can say, I'm just going to go through the drive-thru every day for my lunch. That's a lifestyle choice. So uh, it's unfortunate. I know people may not want to hear that, but it's true. We decide how we want to live. Yeah. Right? We do. And, you know, there's a couple of things. So like back to back to cravings. Cravings are signals. So it's like your gas tank. When your gas tank goes to almost empty, it gives you a signal. It blinks. Mine actually starts chiming off, which is a bit annoying, but I appreciate it. (laughs) And your body's no different. Your cravings are basically saying, hey, we're running low in these things that you feed us. So your cravings change as you make different choices. And it's made the impression of eating healthy, the impression of making these choices is made so challenging or made to appear so challenging. And in reality, it's not. You can use your subconscious and your conscious brain to actually help you do exactly this without it being stressful, without it being overwhelming. Since COVID, the produce departments have actually started to chop up produce. There's a whole section now in your produce section in the grocery store and things are cut up. Most of them have nothing on them. It's just cut up butter squash, cut up zucchini. They even cut up cucumbers for you. So at this point, the excuses are they're pretty bottom of the barrel. And it's like you said, you have a choice. You get to dictate how your life goes, regardless of how long it is. It's how much enjoyment are you getting out of every day? And what are you doing to try and help yourself get the enjoyment to make sure it happens? Exactly. So final question, as someone who has overcome your own health hurdles, what key insights or advice can you offer women trying to take back control of their well-being, particularly those who are maybe facing those autoimmunity or chronic issues? Number one, stop taking care of everyone else first. As women, we fall into these caregiver roles. It's natural. It is 
part of our DNA. There are society messages that support that, but ultimately you can't take care of someone else until you take care of yourself first. And when you heal yourself, you will be more able to help everybody else and do exactly what you're doing today, except for the fact that it won't feel as challenging. That would be step one, because a number of the women that I talked to that are struggling with autoimmune condition, they've struggled for years with chronic stress. They're taking care of everyone else, putting everybody else first, and they're not putting themselves first. The women that come to me and that has been their history, the very first thing I ask them to do is to implement some stress management every single day. It has nothing to do with their diet at all. It's using mindset practices, things like sound baths. If you can't sit and practice yoga for half an hour, an hour, listen, have some sounds that are more healing. YouTube has a ton of freebies. You and I know several energy healers that actually are connected with a company that will create your own private meditation, your guided meditation. It's in your voice. It gets into your brain a lot easier. and the simple practices, just the simple act of listening to music helps your brain calm. And when your stress levels can come down and come back to neutral and come back to balance, it is a lot easier to think about what you're going to eat, what you're going to prepare, and how you're going to do whatever healthy thing you need to do for maintenance and management of your body than it is when you're chronically stressed. When you are stressed because everybody else is coming first and you're struggling to figure out what you need to do, you're not thinking. Your brain can't put anything more into it. It's at a standstill. And the very last thing I tell them to do is to take a shower every single day, but do it in a way that feels more like a therapeutic session. So I'm not saying stand in the shower for you know half an hour, 45 minutes. It's when you go into the shower, you are washing off the day. Release whatever emotions that you're feeling for the day and let them flow. Nobody can see you crying in the shower. And generally the water is loud enough. Nobody can hear you crying. Yeah. There's healing in that. There is. And it's an ongoing maintenance. It helps you become more efficient with maintaining your health and with helping other people. It doesn't feel so overwhelming when you do these tiny little things. When I have rough days with the boys, I have music going all day. There's some channels on YouTube that it's like 12 or 14 hours of healing vibrations. And I just turn it on and forget it. And half the time my husband comes home and as he's going to bed, he'll ask me if I remembered I turned it on. (laughs) I didn't, but it's the fact that it's playing in the background. So it's getting into my subconscious. It's helping me stay balanced and grounded without having to do much. And that's another thing too, grounding yourself. We are connected to Mother Earth. And it doesn't matter what beliefs you have when you go and you put your feet on the ground, barefoot to ground, it helps ground your energy. It gives you a sense of balance. And it's not like you have to go out and stand for a very long time. None of these things need to take a lot of time. When I go out with the boys and let them play, even when, like, when I would teach classes in parks, I used to teach boot camps in parks. Nine times out of 10, I was in bare feet. I mean, granted, I lived in Austin, Texas and San Diego and Orange County. So it was very easy to do that then. But I would I would just walk around in bare feet. And it's the same thing no matter where you are. Is if you're really feeling like your day has been upended, walk outside and just put your feet on the ground. 
I love that. I love that so much. Thank you again for being here. We've shared so much, especially on your zone of genius, being a holistic nutrition and herbalist for women's health, being that advocate. I think it's really important. And I really love how you're just very passionate about helping other women reclaim back their vitality because you understood that you needed that for yourself. So I really appreciate that you took the time today to have this conversation with me and to kickstart my new health and wellness series. Thank you very much for having me. It is always an honor to talk to you and I'm grateful for our chat. Thank you. And to our listeners, be sure to check the show notes for all of Bonnie's contact information if you want to explore working with her. I hope you've walked away from this episode that you will feel empowered, informed, and equipped to take charge of your health. Even small steps to nourish your body and mind can make all the difference in the world. I wish you all a very healthy lifestyle. And as always, keep dreaming, keep believing, and keep designing your extraordinary life one day at a time. Thank you for joining me on Her Extraordinary Life by Design. I hope you've been inspired and empowered by the incredible stories shared on this show. If you enjoyed this episode and the conversations we've had, I would greatly appreciate if you could take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback and support mean the world to me, and it will help others discover the podcast and join our empowering community. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Together, we can continue to learn from these amazing women, uncover their extraordinary journeys, and be motivated to create our own lives by design. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, Stay empowered and keep shaping your extraordinary life one day at a time.